Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. School of Humans. I have info on the Cass County 3 triple black child murder case out of Atlanta, Texas, which is Cass County. Three little black girls were murdered about a year ago. It's a cold case right now. I have some documentation from the police and a judge in Texas also that points at him. And I have some information with the family, the mother, and some other witnesses to the murders of these three girls. It was July 29th, 2022, just another quiet summer night in Atlanta, Texas, a tiny town in East Texas. Atlanta is about a 25-minute drive from Texarkana, which is right on the border with Arkansas. The sun had just gone down when 28-year-old Shamanique Oliver got a panicked phone call. Shamanique is a single mom and a certified nurse's aide. She works at a nursing home in Texarkana. She later told Nancy Grace that it had been a totally normal day. She was hanging out with her six children between the ages of one and 10 years old at home. They watched TV, played, and ate a meal together while Shamanique got ready for a shift. When Shamanique went to work that afternoon, she left her children in the care of their babysitter, a 31-year-old cousin of hers named Paris Props. She and the kids lived in a very rural area, The one-story home is pretty secluded. 
There are neighbors around, but it's the kind of home where you can't really see the neighbors. And it's pretty wild out there. There are woods and fields behind the house, and the fields are blocked by barbed wire fences. Shamanique was helping change a patient later that evening. She was called to the nurse's station a little after 9 p.m. And that's when her nightmare began. Because that's when she found out that three of her children, her three middle daughters, nine-year-old Zyariel Robinson Oliver, eight-year-old Amaya Hughes, and little five-year-old Tamari Robinson Oliver were all missing. Law enforcement found the little girls a few hours later. Unfortunately, though, this was not a happy ending. Divers dragged their lifeless little bodies out of the neighboring pond. Initially, this was described as a drowning in the local media. But months later, law enforcement in Texas said these three little girls had been murdered. The cause of death was asphyxiation. All three of these little girls had been strangled. There seemed to be a lot of misconceptions about this case. Some of them involved local rumors, some of them involved politics, charges of racism, and of police not doing their jobs. If you listen to this podcast, you'll know that these are a lot of the things that often come with investigations in small towns. But once you look past all that, at the heart of this case, you have three dead little girls whose lives were over before they even started. And you have a family and an entire town crying out for justice and answers. I said back at the beginning that Shamanique's nightmare began on July 29, 2022, but she never woke up. It's still going on. And in East Texas, there's a child killer still out there. And this person could strike again at any time. I'm Katherine Townsend. This is Helen Gone, Murder Line. Over the past five years of making my true crime podcast, Helen Gone, I've learned that there's no such thing as a small town where murder never happens. I have received hundreds of messages from people from all around the country asking for help with an unsolved murder that's affected them, their families, and their communities. If you have a case you'd like me and my team to look into, you can reach out to us at our Helen Gone murder line at 678-744-6145. That's So to find out what happened to Shamanique's daughters, we have to make sense of the timeline. We need to go back and find out exactly what was going on and who was around that day. In her interview with Nancy Grace, Shamanique said that while she was getting dressed and preparing for her shift, the kids were behaving totally normally. She made sure they had something to eat and they were playing and watching TV, just generally messing around. 
Shamanique said that all of her children were close, but that her three middle daughters, Sayariel, Amaya, and Tamari, were the best of friends. They liked to do things that all little girls like to do. They liked to play outside and ride bikes together. They also loved to hang out in the house and make TikTok videos. In the interview with Nancy Grace, Shamanique clarified that the last time that she spoke to her children was when she called them, and that was sometime between 5 and 6 p.m. She asked them what they were going to do. They said they were going to stay in the house and finish eating and take a bath. Shamanique was adamant about the fact that they would not go outside. She said, quote, they know not to go outside when it gets dark because there's no lights outside, end quote. This is an important point because, at least in the beginning of the investigation, everything that came out about these little girls' disappearance made it sound like just a horrific accident. Like the three little girls had gone outside, maybe for a summertime swim or something, and then somehow gotten into trouble. But Shamanique insists it would have been totally out of character for any of her children to go outside in the dark to a dark field. She's been saying that to anyone who would listen from the very beginning. Shamanique said her shift normally ended around 10 p.m. And her normal routine was that after she got off work, she would drive from the nursing home from work back to Atlanta. And again, just to clarify here, we're talking about a small town in Texas, Atlanta, Texas, not Atlanta, Georgia. It was only about 25 minutes away. So normally, she would have gotten home at around 10.30 p.m. But that night, she got that call. And when the call came in, it was from her neighbor's home phone. When Shamanique picked up, her cousin Paris, who had been staying with her at her house and helping her out with babysitting while she worked, told her that her kids were missing. Shamanique didn't get many details at that point. She said Paris didn't specify which kids were missing or exactly what had happened. Once she heard that her kids were missing, she jumped in the car and said she started driving fast. Shamanique was panicking. She called 911, and at the same time, she was trying to call her aunt, who she said lived nearby. She was trying to see if her aunt could meet her at her house. Shamanique said at that point she was terrified. She was trying to hold it together, trying to get home as quickly as she could. And through it all, she really had no idea what was going on. She made it sound like the next events were kind of a blur. Now, as we know from listening to this podcast, sometimes when people go missing, police don't come right away. Sometimes even when small children go missing, there's a delay. But fortunately, that was not the case here. By the time Shamanique made it home, law enforcement was already there on the scene. There were rangers from the Texas Wildlife Department, emergency services personnel, and detectives from the Cass County Sheriff's Department. All of these people in law enforcement were scouring those dark woods, They were looking everywhere for those little girls. When Shamanique got home, the first thing she did was check on her three other children, who were fine and safe. The Texas game wardens got the call at around 10 p.m. They knew there were three children missing from a residence. So when they got there, they brought the canine unit with them. The dog alerted and started walking through those backwoods toward a pond. It was a pond that was back through the woods, about 200 yards away, near a neighboring property. Again, this is where it's so important to try and clarify a location, and this is why it's so important to understand both the dynamics of the small town and of the crime scene. Because just hearing the details on the news, 
You might think this was a local swimming hole or something. But I took a look at the footage that was filmed from local news stations, and that footage tells a very different story. Shamanique said she had lived in that spot pretty much her whole life, and she never knew there was a pond back there. To get to it, you had to go through a barbed wire fence and through a pretty dense wooded area. Looking at the pictures, it looked more like a swamp. Shamanique said her kids would not have known about that pond. As it got later and later, Shamanique became more and more frantic. She was focused on one thing, and that was finding her daughters. She was out back in her yard while law enforcement continued their search. And then one of the canine dogs alerted, and they saw something, an overturned bike. In pictures and the news reports, you can see that it's a purple kid's bike with pink pedals. Next to the bike was what looked like a blue scooter, kind of tipped over, leaning in on the bike. After the dog alerted and the police found the bike, they saw something else. The dogs were pulling toward that pond, and police saw a pair of tennis shoes next to the water line. Then they saw footprints in the mud leading down to the water. And the family confirmed to law enforcement that that pair of little tennis shoes belonged to Shamanique's five-year-old daughter, Tamari. And there was something else that was very strange about those shoes. On Nancy Grace, Shamanique said Tamari's shoes, quote, were found out there stacked on top of each other, crisscrossway, like you would pack them in a suitcase, end quote. She said emphatically, my kids never do that, never. Divers went into the water, and then in the early morning hours of July 30th at around 2 a.m., they found Shamanique's eight-year-old daughter, Amaya. Amaya was the first, but unfortunately not the last. In the end, investigators found all three girls dead in that pond. They pulled their little bodies out of the water one by one and sent them for autopsies. After hearing that Amaya's body had been found, Shamanique had to be taken to the hospital. She later learned that she was having a heart attack. She had already had one heart episode after her mother died from COVID. And now she had lost three daughters in one night. After Shamanique's three daughters were found dead in that pond, the story made local news. At first, the media reports indicated that these deaths were being investigated as a drowning, which, while horrific, is something that made it sound like it might have been an unavoidable accident. But that's not what happened here. Looking back, in hindsight, I think that these reports might have come out because of some comments made early on by the Cass County Sheriff's Office. Cass County Sheriff Larry Rowe told a local newspaper, The Gazette, quote, we have no idea what the girls were doing there, end quote. And then a lieutenant game warden named Jason Jones told a local news station, KTAL, that it was unknown whether the little girls were swimmers or not. There was another comment made by someone in law enforcement about none of the little girls having life jackets on. So all of those comments taken together definitely, in my opinion, led toward the story being reported as a drowning, at least initially. Very quickly, this case was turned over from the local police department to the Texas Rangers. The officer assigned to that case was named Josh Mason. 
Now, the Texas Rangers are a unique organization. Officially, they're the Texas State Law Enforcement Unit. So, like Arkansas has the Arkansas State Police, in Texas, they're a little bit unique because they have the Rangers. The Texas Rangers originally actually defended the frontier back in the 1800s. And they do have a complicated and sometimes brutal legacy. Author Doug Swanson wrote about the alleged war crimes that the Texas Rangers committed back in the day in his book, which is called Cult of Glory. And he told NPR that back in the day, they did murder a lot of Mexicans and Mexican-Americans and had a strange idea of frontier justice. But over the years, the Texas Rangers have modernized. They've actually become one of the country's most elite detective units. The Texas Rangers have solved a lot of cold cases. It was actually a Texas Ranger who got the notorious serial killer Samuel Little to confess. But there have also been allegations over the years that in some cases, they have coerced confessions. Samuel Little did confess to a lot of murders, but some of those murders were based on very little evidence. And a lot of people believe that the Rangers let him confess to crimes even when there was not necessarily evidence to back it up because they wanted to close those cases. I'm not going to go too far into the weeds on this. If you're interested in Texas Ranger history, you can see they've had a lot of successes and some controversies, just like many law enforcement organizations. I'm bringing this up to make the point that unlike some of the cases I cover, this was not a case of just some small town police department with no resources doing everything themselves. They did do the right thing. They called for outside help. They brought in the Rangers. The Texas Rangers were there from day one when those bodies were pulled out of the water. On August 2nd, the Texas Rangers released a statement. They said, quote, At the request of the Cass County Sheriff's Office, the Texas Rangers are investigating the drowning deaths of the three juveniles, ages 5, 8, and 9. The drowning occurred July 30th, around 2 a.m. at a private pond off State Highway 77. The three siblings had been reported missing around 10 p.m. the previous night. This is an ongoing investigation and additional information will be released when it's available. End quote. Police did not give out much information, which is totally normal in cases like this. And remember, this was two days after the girls' bodies had been found. And that statement did two things. Number one, it reinforced the public perception that these had been drownings. And also I'm noticing, in my opinion, the wording seems strange. They said, the drowning occurred, rather than saying the bodies were recovered at 2 a.m. And whether it was on purpose or not, this later caused a lot of confusion. This statement seemed to assume a cause of death and also a time of death, which is not normally standard protocol in these investigations. For the next few months, there was basically nothing on the news about these deaths. It was not until eight months later that the Cass County District Attorney, Courtney Shelton, announced that they were investigating the deaths as a homicide. On March 29, 2023, Courtney Shelton said in a statement, quote, Autopsy reports concluded the manner of death for all three girls was homicide, indicating evidence of strangulation. The girls also suffered lacerations to their faces. Multiple witness statements have been obtained. DNA testing is ongoing, and the investigation will continue, end quote. So now everyone knew the three young girls had been strangled and put into that pond. 
the Rangers were now investigating the case as a homicide. And there was a child killer on the loose in Atlanta, Texas. Hey, y'all, it's Catherine. As you know from Helen Gone, crime can happen to anyone at any time. When it comes to home security, your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. Obviously, we cannot control everything that happens out there in the world, but when I'm in my own home, I feel very reassured by the fact that I have a home security system. And Simply Safe is affordable, easy to use, and crucially, it's easy to get started with and then build on later as you need more functionality. They have a huge variety of indoor and outdoor cameras. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day with no contracts and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash Helengon. That's simplysafe.com slash Helengon. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. It had been eight months since the Oliver sisters' bodies were found in a pond. The district attorney had announced that the girls had not drowned as everyone initially thought, that their deaths were being investigated as homicides. And after months of silence, Shamanique started speaking out. She told the Daily Beast that strangers on social media had put horribly abusive things. They were writing that she was a deadbeat mom, some of them writing that her kids were better off dead. I think at this point, a lot of people were wondering why she had been silent all this time. But it turned out, according to Shamanique, she told the Daily Beast she suspected foul play from the jump. She also said, quote, fuck everyone else's feelings. I want answers, end quote. She wondered, just like everyone else did, why investigators had waited so long to tell the public about these homicides. It's possible that they held information back in the beginning because they were focusing on a suspect trying to make a case against someone. And then after several months, maybe they hit a dead end. Maybe they thought that they were going to get more DNA or other types of physical evidence from the pond. And because the little girl's bodies had been there for several hours, they weren't able to. 
This is all just speculation, but the bottom line is that there had been months with no arrest, months where a child killer was on the loose and the public was totally unaware. At the end of the press release, the district attorney asked anyone with new information that would help lead to an arrest to contact the Texas Rangers. So to me, the fact that the DA issued this press release and that the police made a point of asking the public for information means that somewhere there is a missing piece and they know someone knows something. So now that we know that those little girls did not walk out of that house into that pond by themselves, we know that the crime could have begun somewhere else, possibly inside the home. So what could have happened inside that one-story house? Let's go back again to the night that the kids went missing, July 29th. Shamanique is at work. She's changing a patient. She goes to the nurse's station. She gets a call from her cousin Paris. And now I'm just going to point out something else that she told Nancy Grace, because it seemed like, even at this point, she wonders why he's just now letting her know about this. She also wondered why he was calling her from the neighbor's house, why he hadn't first called 911. On July 29th, according to the historical data I found on the internet, on that date in Texarkana, sunset was at 8.18 p.m. Remember, this is the middle of the summer, so it didn't get fully dark until about 30 minutes after that. Still, it raises red flags for me that a babysitter in a small house didn't notice three kids were missing until after dark. Later, a local news station interviewed a neighbor, a woman named Josephine Webster. She told this local news station, KTLA, that the guy, presumably meaning Paris, who was staying in Shamanique's house, came over and asked her for her house phone. So I'm wondering the same thing that it sounds like Shamanique was. Why did he get the neighbor to call 911? Did he not have a cell phone? Because the first thing that I would have done if I was babysitting and someone's children were missing was call their mom right that second. By the way, Josephine said she was driving home at around 9.30 when she saw Paris. Now remember, Shamanique said she got the call a little after 9 p.m. Just a few minutes time difference, but as we know in cases like this, those few minutes, those tiny details can be crucial. There are some indications that very early on in the investigation, police were asking some of the same questions that Shamanique was. And that rather than focusing on sex offenders who were passing through the area, they might be focusing on someone much closer to home. Shamanique gave Nancy Grace some more details that I believe could be crucial to this case. She said that right after the authorities told her they found her little eight-year-old Amaya's body, she saw something else. She said that the divers pulled some tangled clothes out of the pond. Later, investigators showed her photos of what they found. She recognized that clothing as jackets that belonged to her children. But the strange thing was, according to Shamanique, these jackets were ones that her kids had outgrown. She said they had thrown them into the trash at home. This again raises a huge red flag because that suggests that someone else, probably the killer, had been inside the house because someone had to fish those jackets out of the trash. I don't think that's something the little girls would have done on their own. Shamanique said something else that was chilling to me. She said the jackets were, quote, tied together like a rope, end quote. 
This is getting really dark, but this is unfortunately where my mind has to go to try and figure out what happened to those little girls. What were those jackets for? Were they put there to tie the girls up or to tie them together so their bodies would sink? Or did whatever bad thing happened to them happen first in the house and then somehow the killer dragged the bodies out to the pond using those jackets? The Cass County DA's press release referred to the fact that the little girl's injuries were much more extensive than had been initially reported. Local news stations had reported that the little girl's faces were bruised and that they had lacerations on their faces, deep cuts and bruises. Chaminique gave Nancy Grace more disturbing details. She said that investigators had showed her photos of her daughter's bodies. Chaminique said that Tamari had what she described as a busted lip, but that her nine-year-old had extensive injuries and we're not just talking about a few cuts. She said that they, presumably meaning the people who prepared her daughter for burial, had to, quote, reconstruct one side of her face. It looked like she took a beating on one side of her face and it pulled her skin off, end quote. When the investigators talked to Shamanique, they also broke the devastating news to her that they believed that all three of her girls had been molested. Now, at this point, a lot of people wondered why it took so long to release autopsy results. There was some confusion here, and I think it's really important to differentiate between what was being told to the family and what was being made public. Revolt Black News Weekly has been doing a lot of reporting on this case. RBN said they contacted the Cass County DA's office They said that they were told the autopsy had been delayed. But then when the press release came out, it made it clear that authorities had known from the beginning that homicide was the cause of death, that they never thought this was some kind of accidental drowning. Rolling Stone reached out to the district attorney's office and the DA, Courtney Shelton, clarified a few things for Rolling Stone, including the timeline. Courtney Shelton said that at least since early August of 2022, just a few days after the little girl's bodies were pulled out of that pond, the DA's office had the autopsy results and they knew this had been a homicide. She said that investigators had told Shamanique that it was a homicide from the beginning, too. Courtney Shelton said that on August 4th, Josh Mason, the Texas Ranger in charge of the investigation, quote, met with Shamanique Oliver, the mother of the children, and her father, and notified them that the deaths of all three children were not accidents, and provided both of them with details from the preliminary autopsy report, stating that the cause of death was homicide, end quote. Police got a lot of criticism after that press release, because a lot of people wondered why it took them so long to make their manner of death public and failed to warn the community that there was a dangerous sexual predator and a child killer at large. And a lot of people, including Shamanique and the local Black Panther chapter, wondered if the investigation would have unfolded differently if police were investigating the death of three little white girls. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. 
Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go back again. Let's look at the victim's pattern of life and start with the last people to see these little girls. We cannot overlook the fact that these children were being looked after by Paris props. Paris was Shamanique's cousin. Her mother and Paris's mother are sisters. Paris is a male cousin in his early 30s. Shamanique said he had been staying with her at her house and regularly babysat the children. Now, Shamanique told RBN, She had never had a problem with Paris before when he was babysitting the kids. But she also shared something else that I found shocking, something she later repeated to Nancy Grace. She said that her four-year-old daughter told her and told police that her three sisters walked into the woods with Paris props. Yet, Shamanique said police talked to Paris the day after the girls went missing and never questioned him again. Now, I'm just being logical here. I'm not trying to imply anything. I'm literally just following the investigation's logical thread. We know that investigators told Shamanique that they believed her daughters had been molested. And we know that children are much more likely to be molested by someone they know or by a relative than a stranger. So any male, whether they were relative or not, any male who was staying in that home with those children would need to be closely looked at by law enforcement. So let's take a closer look at Paris Props, because there's been very little said about him. Most news reports don't mention his name. There weren't any other males there that night. We don't know a lot about the children's fathers, but Shamanique has said that she was a single mom and that the children's fathers had no contact with her or with their children. 
I don't know if Shamanique was ever suspicious of her cousin Paris, but it definitely seems like by what she said publicly, once the Texas Rangers talked to her and her father, once they laid out the case for her in early August, it seems clear that something changed her mind. We don't know exactly what the Rangers told her, but we do know that after they told Shamanique what they believed was going on, she tried to run out the door. She said she remembers thinking she was going to go out and hurt her cousin, meaning Paris. Shamanique also has said something else that's crucial. She said Paris has not been cooperative with the investigation. She said Paris has not talked to her about it and that he moved out of her house and went to live with his mom, Lamisha. She said he won't talk to her and he won't talk to the police. Neither Paris nor his mother have spoken publicly about this, but if you look through his mother's social media, it's obvious that she and her son have had issues before with law enforcement. Back in 2021, Lamisha, Paris's mom, was posting comments on Facebook that are public comments, and she was talking about an incident in which she referred to Paris having an altercation with the police and getting his teeth knocked out. His mom said they, meaning the police, hid Paris in another county. And she talks about wanting to file a lawsuit against police. My source, the person who called into this podcast to tell me about the case, said that he believed that Paris had filed a lawsuit against police. But I've been looking through court records and I haven't found any record of that. So I don't know if the suit was ever filed or if it's something they thought about doing. His mom's comments just seemed to indicate they were looking for a lawyer, but they hadn't found one yet. Shamanique said that since Paris moved back with his mother, that his mother and he are both actively trying to keep the police away and they are not talking. Paris does have a criminal record. I found some gun charges and drug charges. They were mainly for small amounts of marijuana, meaning less than two ounces. And of course, I must point out, none of these things indicate that he's a murderer. Obviously, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. I'm just trying to understand Paris and the family dynamics since there's been so little reporting out there about it. Paris did have a brother named Kevin Shepard, and Kevin Shepard is a convicted killer. Again, I'm not going to go too far into the details on Kevin's case because, of course, anyone's family members' crimes are not a reflection of them. It's a completely separate issue. But I think it's important because it might explain A, why Paris might not want to talk to the police, and B, some of his mother Lamisha's comments on social media and her general attitude towards law enforcement. In 2022, Paris's brother, Kevin Shepard, got life in prison for killing Donnie Coombs and Cynthia Arnold, a couple who went missing in September of 2018. Cynthia was a mother who, at the age of 40, had a run of bad luck. She lost her job, she got a divorce, and she started getting into methamphetamines. That's when she met her boyfriend, Donnie Coombs. He was also into drugs. In September of 2018, a sheriff's office investigator in a neighboring county, Marion County, said that she responded to a call and found a burning red truck on a remote county road. By the time the flames had been extinguished, that fire had burned so hot, the truck rims had melted to the road. That truck belonged to Kevin Shepard. Inside the truck, police found the bodies of Donnie and Cynthia. 
When this first happened, it seemed like the police had suspicions that Kevin might have been involved, but they didn't have enough evidence until an eyewitness came forward in 2019. This witness said she was hanging out with Kevin in late September of 2018. She said Kevin took her to an area with no running water or electricity. Donnie and Cynthia were there too. And this person said that all of them were doing drugs. Then she said she was horrified when Kevin basically said, watch this. Then, according to this witness, Kevin shot both victims in the head and then dragged their bodies to a fire pit and burned them. The FBI and local law enforcement went to that location. They checked the fire pit and they found traces of human bone. Kevin got life without the possibility of parole. He's currently behind bars serving out his sentence. And prosecutors said the motive in that case was the fact that Donnie, one of the victims, was supposedly going to testify against Kevin's uncle, a man named Gary Shepard, in a felony theft case. Gary is also facing charges, but his trial has not started yet. According to KSLA, when Lamisha, Paris's mother, was asked about the jury's decision, she said, quote, I kind of figured it was going to go this way because we live in Cass County and that's how they operate, end quote. Lamisha said that the family planned to appeal the jury's verdict. I've not spoken to Lamisha or to Paris, and obviously anyone has the right to not speak to police without an attorney. In fact, that's what I would advise most people to do. But I can say that it's a red flag to me that Lamisha seems to put all the blame on law enforcement. I was looking through criminal records and I found something else that I thought was interesting in Paris's criminal record. In another case, he pleaded guilty to possession of a dangerous drug called gabapentin. It's an anti-epilepsy drug, but it's a drug that has been used in some cases as a date rape drug. So obviously my mind goes back to that dark place, back to that house and to the dark things that could have happened there. If the house was the real crime scene and the bike was put by the pond to stage something, then we have to ask ourselves, could the killer have tried to put the girls to sleep? Was one of them more badly injured than the others because she tried to wake up and intervene? Remember Josephine, the neighbor who the local news station talked to? The reporter who interviewed her, Radine Edwards, really seemed to care deeply about this case. Radine said, quote, I would like to see it come to an end. Somebody needs to go to jail for this, end quote. We see this story over and over. The news organization contacts law enforcement. They ask for a comment. Law enforcement says, we're not giving out any details. And often the news reports stop there. But in this case, the reporters did a good thing. They went that extra step. They drove out to that area and they obviously started canvassing and knocking on doors. That's when Radine interviewed Josephine, the neighbor. Josephine confirmed what had already been reported on the news. She talked about Paris coming to her house, using her phone, and calling Chamonix. But then she added another crucial detail, one that threw a lot more shade on Paris props. Josephine told the news channel, quote, He was wet, and I noticed that. It looked like all the way down, not sweat. It looked like water, end quote. So this, I have to say, blows my mind. The source who I've been talking to about the case, the one who called the podcast, 
says that Chamonique is wondering the same thing that a lot of people are. Why hasn't Paris been questioned more thoroughly and why hasn't there been an arrest? Paris's mother has posted something else that's interesting on social media. She put a photo of a warrant the police had compelling Paris to give his DNA to law enforcement and allowing them to use force to get the DNA if necessary. I would love to know what happened with that warrant because my source says they believe that the search warrant was never executed. But Paris's mother claimed in her post that Paris has voluntarily given his DNA. So if the authorities were able to do testing and if they have Paris's DNA, why haven't they ruled anyone in or out? Obviously, I don't have access to the case file, but there could be a few reasons why. One thought, again, is that because the girls' bodies were in the water for several hours, the DNA may have degraded. Maybe police didn't have quite enough for an arrest and they needed to push for a confession. But Paris and the people around him are not talking. The Daily Beast asked D.A. Shelton about Paris. She said that he had been questioned and that, quote, he was the last person known to be with the children prior to their deaths. However, all possible leads are being followed, end quote. The new Black Panthers leader, Quan LX, told Rolling Stone, quote, We do believe that the root is racism. If these were three beautiful, little blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white children from a suburban community in Cass County, they would have handled this entire investigation completely different, end quote. Whatever has happened up to now, in my opinion, the focus should be on what happens next. Because Shamanique's neighbors and everyone else in Cass County is rightfully terrified. There could be a sexual predator and child serial killer hiding in plain sight. Someone out there knows something. The Texas Rangers, the Cass County Sheriff's Office, and the Cass County District Attorney's Office are asking for any new information that would lead to an arrest in this case. If you know something, if you have any detail, no matter how small, that could help this mother learn what happened to her three children, please call Texas Ranger Josh Mason at 903-255-5727. Shamanique told the Daily Beast, quote, All I want is justice for my babies, end quote. Hell and Gone, Murderline, is a production of School of Humans and iHeart Podcasts. It's written and narrated by me, Katherine Townsend, and produced by Gabby Watts. Music contributed by Ben Salee. And this episode was scored and mixed by Miranda Hawkins. Executive producers are Virginia Prescott, Brandon Barr, and Elsie Crowley. If you have a case you'd like me and my team to look into, you can reach out to us at our Hell and Gone Murder line at 678-744-6145. That's 678-744-6145. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. School of Humans. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, 
you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.